All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Time once again for Invest Wisely here on WNIR with our expert Walt Sukira. Now, Walt is a managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors, the Fairlawn West office of R.W. Baird Company at 35. 60 West Market Street in Fairlawn. And for the next half hour, he's with us talking about money and investments and taking your calls at 330-673-1234 and outside of Akron or on WNR.com. Toll free at 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, uh, last week in the market, again, another surprising week. The uh, Standard & Poor's 500 fan club was uh, was doing handstands and altogether the market seems to be uh, recovering uh, from, the, from the pandemic. Uh, what's happening there? Yeah, Bob, absolutely. Um, this was the fifth straight week uh, for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite to show positive results. Um, the S&P finished up the week 3.3%, and again, year-to-date, we're at about 8.6% on that S&P 500 index. Uh, the NASDAQ continues its its ascent, a run, runaway freight train, up 3.4% for the week and up 30.3% for the for the year to date return and even the Dow Jones managed last week a 2.6 uh, uh return for the week and actually went into positive territory for the year so up 0.4% a year to date and just to round out those indices that we pay attention to Bob we got the uh, Russell 2000 which is the smaller and uh, stocks and and again last week up 1.7 percent, uh, still off 5.4 percent. Again, a lot of those smart companies are the ones uh, where there's concern. You know, if they if they can really uh, you know show the recovery that'll be needed and and get back into in the, to the places that they need to get to. So, as far as interest rates go, um, the Fed had a, an interesting uh, Fed Chairman Powell um, made a pretty historic speech on Thursday and kind of distanced the Federal Reserve from the classic Phillips curve, uh, saying that, you know, they'll no longer target the inflation rate at 2%. I think that the underlying message of that, Bob, is interest rates are going to stay low. Uh, We already kind of knew that. We've been talking about that for weeks. But the signals keep coming, and and that's really positive, I think, for capital markets, uh, for the stock market, for the economy. Uh, that this Fed's going to do all they can, you know, to continue to stimulate, keep keep rates low. Uh, so those that need lending uh, facilities, you know, the rates should be pretty favorable. So, again, looking at those Treasury rates, the three-year is at about 0.14 percent, the five-year at 0.28, and ten-year at 0.73, and the 30-year at 1.51. So pretty low historical rates, and again, we expect them to stay in those ranges. 
It's interesting that we have the market coming away and going up uh, the week after the Democratic convention and the week after the Republican convention. So it seems that the market is happy with with all, everybody. <laughs> it doesn't seem to see any downside at all, no matter who wins. Well, I, I think the market has got its head around um, the potential of both candidates, um, you know, Trump Trump staying in office or being replaced by a Biden White House. Um, I think either way, the market is going to be pretty resilient. Um, you know, as we said, Bob, and we talked about it a few times, we, we mentioned it last week, you know, our economy is driven by consumers. Uh, 70% of our economy is what you and I and the listeners do with our money. And if we have confidence and we spend and, you know, we get back to doing things, you know, the big thing this year has been the slowdown with the pandemic. And if we get back to doing things and getting out and spending money and uh, having a normal, uh, you know, Christmas season and so forth, I, I think this economy will continue to recover. And uh, so the, the, Biggest concern we think we have right now on the um, the election is just probably the you know the division of the country. Just you know, there's already a lot of social unrest, and you were I can't see either candidate being very gracious and turning the White House over. So you worry not only about the election, but the period of time right after the election, the contention of of the election, the the possible not willing to you know change. Um, you know, the White House, if there is a change or, or, you know, the attention that might resolve around that. So those will be issues that we'll pay attention to. And, you know, again, any type of disruption, this this economy is pushed forward and the stock markets are at high levels. So, you know, a little bit of sell-off would be almost expected, I think, at this point. They had an interesting change last week in the Dow Industrial Average, the you know, the one indicator that everybody seems to, to focus on. Uh, they uh, took some off and put some on. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, we have to remember about this average. It's an index of 30 blue-chip companies. Um, typically, they've been industrial and financial companies. It's really a barometer that the media uses a lot to describe how the market's done on a given day, a week, a month, a year. Um, and it changes components. There's a committee uh, that gets together periodically, and there's really no form and function to it. It's when they decide a change needs to be made. There's been about 56 of these changes going back to May of 1896 where they removed some companies and put some companies on that they feel are more representative of, of the market. And so we had a couple companies removed, ExxonMobil, uh, Raytheon, Pfizer uh, were all removed. Um, and again, we saw uh, Salesforce.com, uh, Honeywell, uh, you know, come on to the, to the, uh, the Dow Jones at this point. Now, is that going to really change the index all that much? I mean, it will. I mean, it gives it a little bit more of a tech component. Um, so I think those are, you know, that's something that uh, I think the why the committee probably wanted to uh, make that change. You know, the technology has become more important in our, um, you know, our, our markets right now. And I think that change will be a little bit more reflective of probably what's happening in the S&P and, and uh, not so much in the NASDAQ, but probably in the S&P 500. And, of course, we still are dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, across the world and especially here in the United States. Uh, what's happening on that uh, front in regards to the investment community? Are they as concerned right now about the pandemic as they were in the spring? I don't think so, Bob. I think there's been a little bit more calmness from our side. Uh, most of what I'm reading on, on our side of the equation, again, from the investment side, 
uh, is, you know, really the big concern was the strain on the healthcare system and the fact that there weren't enough hospital beds, uh, there weren't enough ventilators early on that was thought that those were needed. Um, currently, there's only one state, Georgia, that has more than 20% of inpatient hospital beds occupied by COVID-19 patients. Uh, there's currently 27 states that have less than 5% of the hospital beds occupied by COVID-19 patients, and 45 states are under 10%. So we really don't see that strain on the healthcare system. Plus, uh, you know, we talk, there's a lot of movement as far as vaccines and, and therapies and treatments. Uh, 23 vaccines uh, now are in phase one, 14 in phase two, eight in phase three. Um, so, you know, we see a lot of movement. Um, you, we talked about the Herculean effort that's being made, and uh, we'll start to get some of those results here at the end of October. Uh, Pfizer and Biotech uh, N, uh, we'll, we'll have, they have a 30,000 patient um, test going on right now in phase three, and we'll get results of that. And then Moderna uh, will be in the early November time frame, and we'll start to see some results of those vaccines. So, uh, again, a lot of positives, and I think the market is definitely responding to that. So if you're an investor, should you be buying those stocks right now in the anticipation that if they hit hits the uh, the goal, that the, the, their value will soar? Yeah, I think you have to look beyond just the COVID-19 treatment. I think you have to look at these companies based on, uh, you know, what their total pipelines are and what other things they have uh, going on. I think the COVID-19 will provide a little bit of, uh, added revenue and, and some windfall. But again, whenever you make an investment, Bob, we, we'd say look a little bit deeper. So there's some great healthcare companies and, and some great healthcare companies that are focusing on these vaccines and treatments, and that might be a reason for an entry point. Um, so you just have to be thoughtful. Uh, we talked about we've owned Johnson & Johnson for some time. Their, their uh, phase three trial just started up in September. Um, so, again, it, you just have to be selective on the, on the ones that you feel uh, you want to have investment in. And, of course, Abbott Laboratories last uh, week got approval from the FDA for their 15-minute uh, $5 COVID-19 test. Uh, how significant is that development in this uh, investment world? Really important, Bob. I think, you know, the, the fact that we can test and quickly test and quickly get results. I mean, their test, again, is a $5 test. It gives results in 15 minutes. Uh, they're going to ship tens of millions out here in September, and they said they'll have over 50 million tests a month available starting in October. So I think a lot of the concerns early on were the lack of testing, and uh, I think we're going to get past that really quickly, and, and people will be able to be tested quickly. And, of course, if infected, you can remove yourself and uh, make sure you don't get others infected. So that'll be a real positive, I think, overall. Walt Sakara is our expert, and he's the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors, a company that sits and invests their, their clients' money in individually-owned stock portfolios, custom designed for each client uh, with three uh, basic portfolios that they use. They've been doing this for, for many, many years, and they've been very, very successful with their, for their clients. So if you have any, any questions now, especially as we're going to talk about individual stocks, give us a call. Stock Talk with Walt Sakara, 330-673-1234 here in Akron. That's out of Akron, toll-free, 800-669-4100, including on WNIR.com. So dial us up and ask Walt questions about stocks that you're interested in and might be might be following. Uh, last week, one of our callers talked about uh, the significance of any banning of WeChat and its impact on Apple. Uh, the ban was talked about by the president earlier in August because the WeChat company is doing business in China and maybe Chinese-owned, along, along with TikTok and a couple of others. Uh, if they should actually ban those companies from doing business, how would that affect the market? 
Yeah, Bob, that was a good question, and and uh, you know I wanted to take a little bit of time to prepare for it and see what we we heard this week. Um, you know, the initial interpretation of the presidential order was that you know these these things would be banned. They'd be banned um, with Apple specifically. I think there was a lot of concern that. Uh, you know, if Apple couldn't have WeChat on its phones in China, uh, that would be a significant uh, issue for them. I mean, uh, WeChat has over a billion users. It's beyond just a messaging app. It's almost more like an operating system. And, uh, you know, I think, the, you know, a lot of people over in Asia would not use an iPhone if WeChat couldn't be on it. So, and I think the big the big part was the knee-jerk reaction when they asked President Trump about his, you know, the impact on Apple. And, of course, in, in President Trump's way, he said, whatever. Um, that was not the, you know, the response the market wanted to hear. I think since then, the administration has taken a step back, as, as well as President Trump, and kind of looked at the issue. And there was some news this week that they're reassuring companies that, uh, you know, those bans would not be necessarily, you know, withheld over in China. So Apple phones could still have WeChat. Uh, there, that's extremely significant. Um, there's a new cycle of iPhones coming out uh, for Apple, and you know, in the next 12 to 18 months, there's an estimate over you know 350 million iPhone upgrades in, in that region. So, uh, you know, really important revenue stream for Apple, and I think that was the concern. But it seems like it's a little bit subsided now. And again, that's why you can't really have a knee-jerk reaction to some of these news items. You have to sit back and kind of have a have a calm mind and. Make sure you're checking the data and, and looking a little bit deeper. Uh, sometimes, you know, things sound scary when they first come out, but a little bit of analysis will make you realize that, you know, it's not as bad as maybe what it first seemed. Wise words from Walt Secura. Walt, uh, one of the uh, portfolios that you have exclusive to Akron Wealth Advisors is the Empowering Women portfolio with uh, companies that have, have uh, women in significant positions. And one of those companies is Ulta Beauty. Uh, people may be familiar with them just um, merely from the, the uh, mailers they send out, the ads they put in the newspapers, colorful ads about beauty products. Well, they did pretty good in their latest earnings report, and you own that stock. So how do you feel about Ulta Beauty as we get into the fall? Well, we feel a lot better, Bob. I mean, this was a store that was greatly impacted by people not being able to go into the store. Um, they had way better results than expected. Um, the expectation was the store would continue to struggle, but... Uh, we see the consumer, um, you know, still finding beauty products are important. Uh, we see a huge increase in their uh, e-commerce sales. Uh, for the quarter, their e-commerce was up over 200%. Uh, they're doing a lot of curbside pickups. So, again, like all these companies, you know, you have to adapt your business model. You know, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great store, and you wanted to get people in, and, you know, they had their beauty salons in the store. But, again, the pandemic made them change their business practices, and they adapted quickly, and uh, they came in with a pretty good quarter. Again, their earnings were still, um, you know, they were positive for the quarter, but way off from last year. Uh, sales were down a little bit uh, more than expected, but again, a lot of progress. Uh, the company was up 10.8% uh, last week, uh, still off for the year, but again, I think a, a retailer that should do pretty well long-term, uh, not a bad entry point for Ultra Beauty based on where it's trading at at today's levels. Another stock that also is in your empowering women portfolio because of the presence of, of uh, women and its management structure, Best Buy, the retail stock. They also had impressive earnings last week. Uh, so do you like that enough to uh, continue to hold Best Buy? 
Yeah, absolutely, Bob. I mean, they had some really impressive results. Again, 1,200 stores out there, you know, they operate uh, here in the U.S. and Mexico. Um, you know, the revenues were up 4% for the quarter at $9.9 billion versus 9.5 a year prior, so actually incremental growth. And our earnings were positive, up 58% year over year. They were at $1.71 over $1.08 uh, from the three months prior a year ago. Uh, company has shown a lot of resilience. Um, they again sold off quite a bit early in the year when they, you know, had a lot of uncertainty as to how it would impact them. But I think the significance of technology and how many people wanted to upgrade and, you know, purchase technology, maybe upgrade their home office, um, get ready for school, uh, those types of things. I, we saw a lot of technology spending. Um, even appliances and so forth were very, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, incremental growth there. So, uh, Best Buy is a, a good retailer, and again, one that we'll continue to hold in that empowering women portfolio. Another one of your portfolios is called the Core Equity Portfolio, and you actually uh, did some buying and selling of that uh, last week. You purchased a stock called Van Eck Gold Miner Electronically Traded Fund. Uh, symbol GDX. Well, uh, talk to us about about this uh, gold miner. Vanek ETF. What is it, and why did you buy it for the core equity portfolio? Well, Bob, we've been um, you know interested. We've been watching gold. We're, we're, as we talked about before, we're not a big you know purchase the metal uh, type of group. We 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 don't really uh, you know want to own gold as as a you know as a precious metal. But we felt like the gold miners there is some potential there. Um, you know, with the expansion of gold prices. Uh, these gold mining companies, their margins uh, increase, their ability to reward shareholders increases with the potentials of maybe higher dividends. Uh, there is a trend of gold prices going up, and, and that trend could continue. Um, there's some pretty uh, heavy estimates on how high gold could get, and we're not really even trying to uh, look at those projections. We're just saying that the, the trend continues. Uh, this might be a good place to hedge a little bit. Um, gold uh, and gold miners' stocks have historically been, you know, really good for portfolio diversification. They, they're a little bit of an inflation hedge, uh, also considered a little bit of a safe haven in times of uncertainty. And we surely have a lot of uncertainty right here at this point in time. Uh, so we purchased a little bit just as a little bit of portfolio insurance. Um, and again, we were, uh, you know, we're not going crazy with it, but I, again, I think it made some sense for us to take a, a small position here and. Uh, we'll continue to evaluate, you know, how defensive we want to be as as we move forward. Another term that folks might want to have explained, it's an ETF. I think that stands for electronically traded funds. How does that make it different from any other kind of stock? Yeah, it's an exchange-traded fund, Bob. It trades on the markets uh, almost like a stock does. It has daily pricing, uh, live pricing in the market. Uh, so unlike a mutual fund that basically prices at the end of the day, uh, it is a collection of stocks in there. So in that in that gold miners uh, exchange traded fund, there's a number of gold mining stocks within there. Um, so it, it looks a little bit like a mutual fund, but it's different in the fact that you know it has the ability to be traded on the exchanges in real time. Uh, so we, you kind of know what price you're going to get when you put that trade in. Now is that a, a growing trend in the in the market? Oh, sure, yeah. Exchange-traded funds have become very, very popular. Um, you know, a lot of them are passive funds. Um, so, again, they're built up of, you know, they replicate an index or so forth. But exchange-traded funds are, are have been a really big uh, change in the market over the past, you know, 10 years or so. And uh, we see a lot more investment in exchange-traded funds. 
Once again, Walt Secura is our expert, the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors here in Fairlawn. If you have any questions about stocks in your little portfolio or questions about how Walt and Akron Wealth Advisors invest their clients' money and, and services they provide, you can call us right now, 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron, toll-free, 800 669 Again, uh, you're affiliated with Baird Private Wealth Management, which allows you now to have access to not only investment advice and uh, uh, putting your clients' money into these uh, stock portfolios, but all sorts of financial planning, estate plan reviews, uh, calculations on Roths and, and uh, minimum uh, distributions of your uh, of your IRAs and other analyses of Social Security and the like. It's a pretty big pretty big company with all those assets out there and all those ability to uh, uh, give you that information. So you've been with them about a year now. What, what do you think about them? Uh, we we love Baird. Um, you know, it's a it's a great company, uh, a really good company with incredible uh, you know intellectual intelligence across the firm, and really easy to work with, really easy to reach into, and and you know get the resources we need to help our clients. And talk about uh, your own resources. Uh, again, the people you have working for you, uh, what they do, how long they've been with you. Uh, tell, tell us about them. Again, make it more personal. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my partner, Dan Strebler, and I have been doing this 30-some years. Dan and I go way back to days at Dean Witter. Him and I worked there for a period of time together in an old firm called, called Dean Witter, which came out of the Sears Financial Network. Uh, we kind of went our separate ways for a number of years and you know, found our way back to each other about six years ago. And I uh, have a you know really strong partnership. Um, we also have a, a team of really great service professionals here. Um, Allison Castle, who is uh, leads our uh, support staff, uh, Sue Schechter and Abby Talbot, um, all on the team that you know give that incredible customer experience and service experience. Um, uh, we want your people to be treated well. I, I say that you know the best part about us is you know we have great great clients and you know we're very very fortunate uh, the clients that we have and who we serve. Uh, we love picking the phone up. You know, all of us fight to answer the phone, which is quite different than a lot of office environments. Um, and I think it's because of the people that we work for and the appreciation that we have for them. So, uh, you know, we, we serve a number of families and individuals. And, again, we're not for everybody, Bob, but, I mean, we, we're always looking for, you know, a few more people that might fit and, uh, you know, make sure that we bring what we can to the table for them. And you also expanded recently with an affiliation with a firm in western Pennsylvania. Sue Marshall, um, who is a long-term colleague of mine. Again, we go back many, many years. I, I used to work with her in a, in a different situation when I had an independent RIA. Uh, Sue and I built a relationship that we were able to reestablish here at Baird, and we formed a partnership. So Baird, uh, Sue is a part of the team, and uh, she gives us a little bit of, you know, 131-mile exposure from here in Akron over to Washington, PA. And, uh, you know, she's, she's a great uh, financial advisor, and, and we're really fortunate to have her on the team. So tell us, how does somebody become a client of yours? What is the process? It's, it's really simple, Bob. It starts with a phone call. Um, you know, we're pretty easy to talk to, and, uh, you know, we just listen. Uh, we're not trying to push people into a box. We just you know, want to make sure that we understand what's important to the person calling in. And uh, we'll see if we can build a plan or help them with their needs. If we can't, you know, we'll be the first to tell them. And if we can, we'll we'll start to formulate a plan on how to do that. Uh, it, it starts with, you know, work. Uh, we do a lot of, you know, listening. Then we, we kind of go back and do our homework and uh, come up with maybe proposals or advice on how we can move forward. 
And uh, then we come back and have more meetings. You know, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. You know, uh, there might be other advisors that we need to bring into the equation. We might need to bring in uh, the individual's attorney or their uh, elder care attorney or their estate planning attorney. We might need to bring in their CPA or their tax advisor. Um, we, we work as a team and, you know, we make sure that we give people what they want. At the end of the day, that's, that's what's important is, you know, serving others. I think Rochelle mentioned it's kind of a cross-plug here. You're a longtime colleague with our elder law attorney expert, Victoria Schaefer. Uh, out there in, in green. Uh, many years ago, you worked when both of you were worked at one of the major banks, correct? That's correct. Yeah, Victoria Schaefer is just one of those great professionals out there in our local market. We there are many, Bob, and you know we're fortunate to have a lot of great relationships, um, you know, with with advisors and firms around here. And I, I think it's just professional respect. You know, when you see people that do a good job and uh, take care of people, it's it's very easy to build those kinds of relationships. And, of course, when somebody comes to you, as we mentioned earlier, you do provide investments in these individual stock portfolios. So so how does that make you different from a, a stock broker, per se? Well, I think we take an advisory approach, Bob. I mean, again, we're not here to sell products or just, you know, have somebody buy a stock. You know, we're trying to build portfolios. Uh, you know, we do a lot of our work on a fee basis, which means that, uh, you know, we have to continue to keep the clients on the books to, to you know, build that long-term relationship and, you know, create that, a value proposition for us. You know, we don't get paid all on the front end. You know, we, we get paid as uh, each quarter as somebody stays with us, and, you know, we get paid on the results that, you know, we provide for people. So, uh, again, a lot of it is based on advice and, and relationship and commitment and, you know, things that we strongly believe in. Uh, as as a team and and strong and what Baird strongly believes in as a firm, and of course we've been talking about the uh, three basic portfolios that you offer, and again these are individually stock owned portfolios. I could probably run those down too for the folks. Absolutely, yeah. I mean the core equity portfolio, Bob, is those large stocks that um, you know most people would recognize and. Again, had a little bit more of a dividend component to it. We we aren't really as concerned with dividends uh, as as much as we were in the past. We but they are big, recognizable companies. Uh, we have a small mid cap portfolio which invests in companies that are smaller. Um, dividends are not the key there. It's the growth in, in value and the growth in asset price, and uh, they're a little faster growing companies. And then, as you mentioned, we have the empowering women portfolio, which we talked about some of those holdings in there today. Uh, which really focuses on the issue of gender diversity. So, uh, you know, looking at companies uh, still picking great stocks uh, that that we like, but you know, running them through an additional screen and making sure that they uh, they're doing a good job and balancing uh, the management team and the educational opportunities and the advancement of women as well as men in the organizations. And of course, with each individual client, you mix and match these portfolios and the stocks to to uh, reach their particular goals, whether they're looking for retirement income or looking to build a retirement portfolio earlier in the working years. No matter what their goals are, those are determined first, and then you decide from there where to put the where to invest the client's money. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, it's really driven by the client, and then uh, you know we put the proper plan together. So, Walt Sakira, tell us about, about next week. So we've had two really good weeks on the market. Uh, are we going to make it three in a row? <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, a couple of earnings reports we'll pay attention to, but again, a lot of uh, economic data, personal spending, manufacturing numbers, uh, uh, and, and payrolls. Uh, we'll pay attention to those during the week. 
Once again, Walt Sakara with Akron Wealth Advisors in Fairlawn. Give them a call at 234-466-7476. Tell them you heard them on WNIR Kent Akron. 234-466-7476. Walt Sakara, Akron Wealth Advisors. Walt, have a great week. Talk to you next Sunday. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Abbott Laboratories, symbol ABT. Best Buy, symbol BBY. Van Eck Vectors ETF Trust, Van Eck Vectors Gold Miner, symbol GDX. Honeywell International Inc., symbol HON. Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. Moderna Inc., symbol MRNA. Pfizer Inc., symbol PFE. Raytheon Technology Corporation, symbol RTX. Salesforce.com, Inc., symbol CRM. Tencent Holding, ADR, symbol TCEHY. Alta Beauty, Inc., symbol ULTA. Exxon Mobile Corporation, symbol XOM. And Apple, Inc., symbol AAPL. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.